The working environment needs to be fun. Everything you're doing in life needs to be fun. How do we support our own institutions? How do we support our own businesses? We feel that with the black man spending $20 billion a year, not setting up any businesses, not creating any industry, not creating any job opportunities for his own family, he's not in a moral position to tell the white man that he's discriminating against him. And instead of breaking somebody down, I look at what they do great and I go, wow, people that love and really want great for themselves go, what are they doing right? What's good? Welcome to another episode of This Black is Lit. I'm your host, Town, here on location at Straight Right Boxing and Fitness. And today I'm joined by the brilliantly black and talented Dr. Jerrica Thomas. Hi. Dr. Jerrica. No problem. Tell us about yourself and how you ended up here in Northwest Arkansas. Okay. My name is Jerrica Thomas and... I am from a small town in Mississippi called Utica. I was pretty active as a young kid, which led me to playing sports in college. So I went to school at Louisiana Monroe, left there, went to Arkansas State for PT school, left there, went to South Haven uh, to work right after school. And uh, I got to a point where I was feeling unfulfilled. I ended up talking to a classmate who called and uh, mentioned that they were growing here in Northwest Arkansas. So I'd never been. I was like, hmm. I don't know about that, you know. But I came up here and I actually fell in love, especially from the drive from Fort Smith up to Fayetteville. I was like, whoa, like St. Arkansas, you know. So I came up, met people, they were nice, very knowledgeable. And so I uh, went home, thought about it, and took the job. Where I was in Northwest Arkansas, no family, no friends, except for my classmates. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm just out here, like, all right, what, what are we doing? How did you get interested in physical therapy and why is it such a passion for you? So usually everybody has this um, deal about physical therapy that there was an injury and then there was a rehab protocol. Well, for me that was never the case. Um, I always had this passion for movement and understanding movement. And I always thought it was interesting to see how people can master movement, right? So I was always curious as a kid. You know, I always wanted to try to figure out how things worked or get into trouble because I'm into something I shouldn't be. I knew I wanted to study movement and my best friend's mom was a physical therapist. And you know, she let us work, let us, you know, observe. You know, hang out, make a little extra cash on the side. So seeing that black girl magic, it was like, yep, I think I can do this. And so, you know, with her backing and my family support, I just went for it. What is the vision that you see for your career as a physical therapist? And tell me some of the steps that you're taking to achieve the goals that you set for yourself. Yeah, the vision I that I see for myself as a physical therapist is to continue to educate. So I think that education isn't just for academia. I think it's, it's for moving as well. So if you kind of look back on you know, PE and things like that, like they, there's not as much physical education occurring right now, especially for younger kids who are sustaining more and more sports-related injuries compared to years prior. And it has a lot to do with other things like specialization. But I see myself educating kids and, and as well as like active adults on just maximizing in their movement, uh, improving their movement potential, as well as serving people. I think my purpose is to continue to serve others, and if I can do that through something I'm passionate about, then I'm game. I do produce a blog, a blog weekly uh, to help educate on recurring injuries in like active in individuals. Uh, doing free seminars, doing free clinics, free proper clinics, free workshops, just to improve awareness. And that's always a great first step is just to demonstrate your services to people and demonstrate yeah. the value of what you're bringing. Right. 
Right, right. To help each person become a better healthcare consumer is the end goal. Because, because right now, with the gate being open to access to a lot of different people, sometimes it gets hard to decide, like, who do I need to see or where should I go? I sprained my ankle and, uh, you know, athletic trainers, PTs, like, we're, we're good at triaging those situations um, and helping you decide, like, what should be the next step in your plan of care. So I definitely push for conservative care first before we decide to kind of commit to opioids in the surgery, unless otherwise needed, you know. Yeah, so situation. So yeah. Like, uh, yeah. What Katie, man, can yeah. head over Yes, please, Katie. Take it easy. It's crazy. I know, right? So tell me some of the challenges that you face in your career as a physical therapist. One of the main challenges for me right now is being so far from family, you know. So whenever I have a hard day or I am just having a hard time, you know, to to actually go home and and vent or to get a warm hug from somebody that's, that means the world to you. Like, that's been hard. So as I kind of navigate uh, the realms of entrepreneurship, having just a hug from that, you know, like that's, that's definitely a challenge for me right now. Learning things that you otherwise didn't know that you're having to make mistakes on and then learn from, it, it isn't necessarily bad, but it's definitely a challenge because there's a learning curve for you. So um, in your mind, you want to progress and you want to get there and you want to get there on this continuum or this smooth transition but usually when there's a learning curve involved like it, it won't happen that way and you have to be patient with yourself and understand that it's a part of the process and so that's been challenging for me uh, with the previous mindset like you know if I train for it, I should get it and it's like well you've got to give yourself time to to learn and, and improve. Just be patient. Like I'm, I'm learning that. How does your business, being a mobile physical therapy service, play into the challenges or the benefits of how you function your business? Oh. So uh, being mobile, uh, sometimes um, when people go to therapy clinics, they they feel somewhat sick. And so my idea was to get you in a place that you're comfortable, whether it's your gym, whether it's your home, whether it's your job site. You know, if I can come to you when you've lost less time from work, which is, you know, sometimes they're using PTO to leave their, work, their job site to come to therapy, or either, you know, they have to leave without pay. And so to minimize that time for them is this value back in their pocket. To make sure people are comfortable where they work out and the ease of transition from the therapy table to their fitness facility, from the therapy table to that, that desk, that, that, that's, that's a problem, or wherever they're having the pain from prolonged sitting, like we can fix it there, or we can address it there. Just the aspect of uh, providing a service in a more comfortable location, that's, yeah. that's gonna open you up to a lot more opportunities. Hope so. so uh, what advice would you give to a young person that's aspired to become uh, a physical therapist? Right. So my first advice would be to do your research. Um, research what it is that physical therapists do or find your mentor. Like, I can't stress how much a mentor can help you navigate the process of going to PT school and finishing. Observe, like go get a job as a, a physical therapy tech or go and observe um, before you have to do your application process to make sure that that's something that you can see yourself doing. The physical therapy field is so broad. Like there's so many avenues you can take. So to figure out what it is that you kind of meld with, which may change, 
but just understanding what else is out there so that you can go, you know what, I can be fluid and dynamic. I can flow between all of those things because you're going to have to know all of it for, for school. Um, so I would be able to do your research, observe, learn, get a mentor, and always pray, plan, and pursue. Where can we find out more about your work? Visit the website at www.adaptlf.com or you can follow me on Instagram at AdaptNWA as well as Facebook, AdaptNWA. So everybody follow Dr. J at, at her social media sites. Go check out her website, find out more information about all the dope services that she provides and check on yourself, man. Health as well. We definitely want to thank you for taking the time to stop by the show with us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, proud of everything that you've accomplished thus far and oh, we're looking you. forward to everything that you will accomplish with your service and with your business. Likewise. Um, we're proud to see you being a visionary that's creating change for people like you and me. So definitely keep doing what you're doing. Up next on this Black and Slip, we're going to have another edition of Get After Feelings and our word is that. What's good? It's your boy Town the Hood Scholar. It's time to get out your feelings. Today, we're going to talk about having courage under fire. We often encounter legends and stories of individuals who stood up against injustice and oppression. Many of these people became names that we know and celebrate. Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Fred Hampton, Toni Morrison, and Kwame Ture, among others. But there are far more numbers of average people who made and make decisions to stand up against oppression and injustice every day. But how do we make the decision to face injustice and oppression square on? Courage is a key aspect for anyone wanting to begin the work of creating change. Those people we know and those we don't who stood for justice all made conscious decisions to throw themselves wholeheartedly into their belief in a better world. The courage of a Martin Luther King or a Malcolm X risking life and family to stand against oppression is the same courage of a James Shaw Jr. or Representative Omar standing against physical and social injustice. Champion boxer Calvin Henderson explains how he prepares mentally to show courage in the ring. Overall, one courage that I really do draw from is my religion and my belief in God. Now, anything I do is an accident or by chance or just because I feel like my whole life I've been drawn towards boxing one way or another because not anybody in my household that I knew of boxed before and I go to the gym and have natural talent. So I just think it's a high calling for me to be a boxer. That's where I draw that from, that I know it's something I'm supposed to be doing. Here at Straight Right Boxing and Fitness, we teach defense first, we're defense first gym. We always try to get our clients, and even me when I compete, to be comfortable when being uncomfortable. When people get close to the fire and start getting hot, they want to back out of it. So I refer to being in the fire as in being close to your opponent within the punches and your defense as a fire blanket. And I use this term a lot with my client when I'm teaching them about the defense is that how many firefighters have you seen scared of fire? Exactly. You working on your defense and getting good at seeing punches coming and dipping and slipping and you go and don't worry about punches coming at you, I call it your fire blanket. And so it's your safety net where you know even though you're close to the fire, maybe even in the fire, you're safe and you're good. And so the training is of course prepares you for the competition. But 
Confidence to me comes from the fire blanket or your defense. And so you can get into a ring and be confident and train and do all the running work, all the sparring, but your defense is still trash. You sit at the back of your head knowing that, hey man, if I get caught, I may get knocked out. But if your defense is real sharp and it's real tight and you got that fire blanket on, it just increases your confidence even that much more because you know, well, at least it's gonna be a hard time for him to hit me. And I can always tell how somebody is in the outside world on how they are in the gym, how they box, how they spar, how they hit pads, how they hit the bags. And that goes the same thing with the fire blanket, that it's the confidence and knowing that you have that fire blanket to protect you and to hold you safe in the fire. It's the same thing after in the real world. It's the confidence knowing that you got the teachings, the understandings, and the blessings to go out in the real world and succeed without the doubt. People talking about you, what they're gonna say about you, or how they feel about what you're doing. You got that confidence that you put in the work, whatever your profession is, whatever your field is, that can't nobody take that from you. Don't misunderstand me, the fire it's very hot. But when you have that fire blanket, you feel so comfortable with the fire being hot because one, it ain't nothing new. And two, you got an extra tool to help you see within that fire. Thus, yeah, big facts. Basically, we all have a role to play in fighting for social justice. You may not have a clear picture of exactly what to do just yet, but start where you are, keep your fire blanket ready, and go change the world for the better.